Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Well, it is so good to see you all here on a 45 degree day. Like that is insane. It's so hot that my weather app, like usually when it's really, really hot, it will go red, but this time it went purple. It's that hot. I don't even, I think it just didn't know what to do. It's like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't be out. But yes, we should. We should be out. We should be here. This is the best place to be. Um, I hope you've had enough time off, holidays, rest. Who had some good time off? So good. Yeah, all the parents are excited because kids are about to go back to school on Wednesday. They're like, yeah, now we can really start our rest. Am I right? No, I'm sure it's been good. It's been a good time. Well, I have been a bit like the weather, known to be a bit of an extremist at some points. I, I like to, you know, hear something new and get excited about it. I like to jump on trains and pull people up with me because I'm like, this is the best thing you have ever heard. And I reckon it's probably a good thing because, you know, I know Jesus and I like to tell people about him because he is the best thing that you have ever heard. But sometimes, you know, I might hear an idea and um, I start to, particularly in the past, I hope, hopefully I don't do as much now, but I begin to alter my life around this one idea that I read on the internet or, um, you know, a conversation that I had had with someone who was fiery and passionate. And sometimes Josh and Mark would pull me aside and say, okay, Tash, look, that's a nice idea, but you need a bit of balance with that, right? There's also this side and then there's this side. So please don't alter your whole life because of that. I don't know if you've ever done that, whether maybe you watched a, uh, a really moving movie and you're like, wow, my life has been changed. On Netflix, you watch The Social Dilemma and you're like, I am deleting all my social media. It was probably like two months ago and I bet you by now you've got it back. <laughs> or um, there was a movie going out like called That Sugar Film, I think. Anyone watch it? Anyone stop eating sugar altogether? <laughs> Yeah, Grant Grant got his hands up at the back. He stopped eating sugar. But, you know, after a while, we, we begin to eat the sugar again because it's, it's so extreme. For me, I read this uh, amazing book last year called um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I encourage you to read it. It is really good. But after reading that, I kid you not, I got rid of half my wardrobe of clothes like I donated stuff to the op shop, I got rid of stuff out of my cupboards, I deleted my social media, I turned all the notifications off my phone. And some of those things I'm still doing today because it's good. Obviously, I didn't go and steal the op shop and get my clothes back because um, some, sometimes it's good. But my most recent one um, is to do with the probably the best drink known to mankind, which is, of course, coffee. Uh, I have been known to say that it is the nectar of heaven. It is pure gold in a cup. It, I, I should stop going on because I'm about to tell you something that I learned about coffee. I decided one day, last week, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, to, to go a day without coffee and see what happened. Got a soaring headache by 12 o'clock. By, by night time, I went to bed real early because I was just feeling almost nauseous. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It's bad. <laughs> really bad. And so I Googled. I'm like, what, what's, what's going on? Why am I getting a headache when I don't drink coffee? 
And I discovered that when you drink coffee, it actually begins to limit the amount of blood that goes to your brain, like your veins or something go, go a bit smaller. And so you're running, you're running your brain off of not, you know, normal amount of blood or something. And, um, and so when you stop drinking coffee, all of a sudden the blood flow is increased and it's like, zoom, all this blood goes to your brain and, uh, and you get a really big headache. And so I did a little bit of working out. I'm not very good with biology. I think that's the study to do of humans. I'm not very good with that. But I figured, well, I think we need blood to be able to survive. I think blood flow in your brain is probably a good thing. So according to that, I have decided to not drink coffee, right? And I can proudly say that my name is Natasha Harvey. And I have gone three days without drinking coffee. Somebody say amen. Revival has come to Murray Bridge. It has. Extremists. I don't know if you've ever been extreme about something before. This, the beginning of this year, which I think we're still in January, so not, not too long. This is all fresh, hot off the press stuff you're getting this morning. God brought me to um, Ecclesiastes. I've been doing the Bible shred where we read the, the shred in, sorry, we read the Bible in 30 days. Um, and I was reading this verse in Ecclesiastes of all places. Um, and it kind of spoke to, spoke to me a little bit about my extreme behavior. All right, let's, let's have a bit of conviction. I'm sure some people, you've already got this plastered all over your house, you already know it. But for me, it was some brand new stuff. So Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Verse 18, it says, It is good to grasp one and not let go of the other. It says, Whoever fears God will avoid all extremes. Right? It is good to grasp one and not let go of the other. It's actually good to have a bit of balance. And there's actually wisdom in being able to see both sides of the coin. You know, being able to, to, to uh, make a decision based on multiple things that you understand and, and things that you have learned. And so when it comes to our, um, our faith in God, it's important to, to come at it looking through the whole Bible and understanding what he says, not just taking little snippets and, and understanding that, but being able to come at it with this, this, this beautiful perspective of, of bringing it all together. And that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning. And one of the things that I extremes that in the past and sometimes in the present I kind of wobble between is this idea of when should we sacrifice and, and you know, just give everything that we have? And when should we actually say no and sit back and choose to rest and enjoy ourselves? And I don't know if you've noticed, but the Bible's actually got both, right? Jesus says, deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. But then he also says, I have created all these things for your enjoyment. So it's like, well, well, what do we do? Do we just pick like three days of the week and just empty our bank accounts and give everything we have to the poor and, and not think about ourselves and the rest of the week just do what we want? Like, what, what does it mean? But, you know, we're blessed that we do have the word of God. And that we can gain understanding from it. And so there's a verse that I would like to read to you this morning from Romans 1, which is, I think, Josh's, Pastor Josh's favourite chapter in the Bible. Is that right? Book. Favourite book. It's wrong. Anyway, it's 
was close, close enough. So Romans 12, verse 1. I might have said Romans 1. I did. You know, we all make mistakes. God's grace is bigger than that, you know. Sufficient for my weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> so if I, if I pass out, just, just give me some coffee. <laughs> no, pray for me first. <laughs> okay, let's, let's go. Romans 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters. He says, I urge you. Okay, there's an importance on this. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Okay, we're going to unpack it a little bit because I love, and this is actually a really key part, I think sometimes we, we jump straight to the living sacrifice, but it actually says, in view of God's mercy. Mercy, it's the loving kindness of God. It's the grace of God that loves us enough that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, from heaven to earth to die on the cross for our sins because He knows that we make mistakes. He knows that we say Romans 1 instead of Romans 12. He knows that we need mercy and grace. That's the mercy of God, the loving kindness of God. Just imagine for one second, Imagine what life would be like if we lived it with God's mercy in view. And I've got a little prop this morning to, to help demonstrate this idea of living life in view of God's mercy. So just, just imagine for one moment if, if you're walking through life and, and you see, I think just over the back there, you see a, your huge workload, but really in view of God's mercy, man, I reckon we can manage it. And even if I make mistakes, well, God's mercy is right there. So let's, let's tackle that. You know, and, and I can't quite make it out, but I, I reckon that's my insecurities. But honestly, I just can't see it because God's mercy is just covering every single one of them. His mercy is just covering every single one of my insecurities. And over there, well, you know, that's my sister. And she just loves to make my life hard, you know. But with God's mercy in view, I reckon I'm going to show compassion to her. And you bet over here is my co-worker that I always try and avoid. <laughs> Not looking at you, Jake. We love you, Jake. <laughs> but in view of God's mercy, I'm going to go say g'day. G'day, Jane. <laughs> Sorry. No, we love each other. In view of God's mercy. You know, when you, when you look at the things that God calls you to do, maybe you're on team here at Lifehouse and you got here this morning in 45 degree heat early to set up chairs when God calls you to, to, to sacrifice and to give and to do things that you don't want to do, when, when it's in view of God's mercy, all of a sudden it's like, wow, what a joy. What a joy that I get to do that. What a joy that I get to be here. What a joy that I get to love and I get to serve and I get to give 
in view of God's mercy and what he has done for us. That is what Romans 1, oh gosh, Romans 12 is saying. It's in view of God's mercy. Okay, you got God's mercy in view? Great. Well, then offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, I think it's really important that we read the word living. Doesn't mean you give your life to Jesus and you're a dead sacrifice. You just do nothing. No, we're still a living sacrifice. We're still talking. We're still eating. We're still working. We're still loving. We're still laughing. We're still making mistakes. But we're doing it for Jesus. We're doing it sacrificially understanding that we, once you've given your life to Jesus, that you're no longer living to your own expectations of yourself. You're no longer living to the expectations that other people have on you. You're actually living underneath the expectations of God that says, hey, you are my son. You're my daughter. I am so, so proud of you. I love you. I've got a call for your life. I've got a plan for your life. And I'm calling you, you know, to, to strip off, the Bible says, every weight that slows you down, especially the sin that so easily entangles you, running the race with endurance. But he says, hey, I know you're not going to make it all the time. I know you're flawed. I know you're going to make mistakes. And I've covered you with my mercy. It's what it means to be a living sacrifice. And we're going to look at the life of Esther uh, in the Bible. It's, it's a great story. Anyone read it? The book of Esther. The book of Esther is about Esther. Would you believe it? Whoa, crazy. And she, she was a beautiful young Jewish girl uh, who was uh, around at the time of this king called King Xerxes. Xerxes, spelt with an X, but I think you pronounce it with a Z. Bit strange. Um, and her and her cousin Mordecai were just living in the land. They were Jewish people, and so they actually um, were living pretty well, bumper to bumper, shoulder to shoulder, with the enemies of God, Amalekites, and people descended from the Amalekites. And so they weren't they weren't loving it. Let's just say that they weren't thriving. They weren't prosperous. They were kind of, I guess, second to to everyone else. That's how you could you could view it. And so. The, the king at the time, King Xerxes, he was a bit of an extremist as well. And he once asked his queen to do something she didn't want to do. And he said, that's it. You're not queen anymore. Servants, fetch me a new one. And so what they do is they gather all the most beautiful women in the land. And Esther was one of them. Mordecai said, Esther, make sure you don't tell him that you're Jewish. Just for now, okay, just zip it. And so she gets chosen. She's favored. And guess what she does? She... Man, it's hard work. It's really hard just even thinking about it. She had 12 months of beauty treatment. Gosh, pedicures, bubble baths. Gee, so hard, isn't it? 12 months of beauty treatment. She got seven servants. She, um, she even, like the king loved her so much that she got a royal holiday after her. Um, and everyone, everyone had a holiday, and it says that they gave out gifts to everyone, and I quote, with royal liberality. Like, she was having a great life. And then, all of a sudden, Mordecai, her cool cousin Mordecai, who spent his days pacing back and forth at the house where she was, just making sure that Esther was okay, 
or he was sitting at the gate of the king. And one of the times when he was sitting at the gate, this guy called Haman, who was one of uh, the, the enemies at the time, the Amalekites, he was a bit full of himself and he liked to walk wherever he wanted and have people just bow, just fall over and, and bow before him. And so he walked past Mordecai and he's just expecting, okay, everyone knows he's quite high in power, uh, he's, he's close to the king and so he's just got this expectation that everyone bows. But Mordecai, being the man of God that he was, he doesn't bow. And so Haman, he gets so mad. He goes up to the king and he's like, we got to send out this, this decree that every person, including Mordecai, everyone who's a Jew, they, they have to get destroyed on this certain day. They set a day, word gets spread out, Mordecai hears of it and naturally he's, you know, a little bit anxious. He wants to do something about it. So he's like, I, I know a person to talk to. I'm going to talk to my cousin, the queen, see if she can do something about it. So he talks to Esther. Esther, he explains the plan. And this is where we read the famous Esther line. Some of you might know it already. He says, Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your family, father's family, will perish. And who knows? but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. Perhaps, Esther, you have come into your royal position for such a time as this. Basically, he was saying, you know what, Esther? You're queen. You could do something about it. But if you don't, this is still God's overarching will for this, for us, his people. He's still going to accomplish what he wants to do, what he set out to do. So you don't need to worry. But, but just perhaps, perhaps this is the reason why you are here. And I really felt to share with you this morning that God has got, just to remind you, hey, that God has got this overarching will of restoration for your life, for the life of your family, for Murray Bridge, our nation, the world, and he is extending out his hand to every single one of us this morning saying, will you join me? Will you join me? There's a little saying that we like to say here at Lifehouse, which is, we don't have to. We get to. It's going to be on the screen. We don't have to. We get to. I don't have to. I get to. And that's what Mordecai was, was saying to Esther. He was like, hey, Esther, you don't have to do this, but you actually get to. You don't have to in the sense that if you don't, it's going to be okay. It will still get worked out. God will still do what he wants to do, but you actually get to. And God's saying that to us as well this morning. He's like, hey, you don't have to. My mercy is still covering you. Even if you don't sacrifice, even if you don't uh, spend all your time listening to me, I still love you. I still forgiven you. I still care for you. But I've actually got a higher plan and a purpose for you. The Bible says God's ways are higher than our ways. That His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And he's joining us to pause and to listen and to say yes to the things that he has for our lives. I remember um, halfway through last year, I was on holidays down at Victor Harbour 
and um, it was a really windy day. I'd pulled up in my car at the, at the beach and decided, you know, I think I like my hair the way it is. I'm going to stay in the car. And so I was sitting there and just kind of looking at everything. And I saw this, this little bird, this little bird, man, just, just flying in the wind. But more, more so than flying, it was actually flapping. Like it was, it's like the wind was going this way and this bird was facing this way. And he was just like flapping with everything that he had. And I was watching him intently because I'm like, what's going on with this bird? He was flapping and flapping and flapping, but he just stood like this. In the air, like he was completely stationary. He did not move an inch forward or an inch back, but he was using all his energy. I'm like, come on, little bird. Come on, little bird, turn around. And and as I was watching him, he did. He he, uh, probably, yeah, after about a minute or so, he decides like in his little birdie brain, "Mm, this ain't working. (laughs) This ain't working for me. Okay. And he spins around and then he goes like, I don't think he even flapped. It just went, all the way across the coastline. And it's really cool because God can speak to us in all kinds of ways. Obviously, he speaks to us a lot through his word. But God really spoke to me through that little bird. He's like, Tash, it's a lot better for you when you fly with the wind, isn't it? I'm like, sometimes we can use all our energy just flapping, (laughs) trying to do things in our own might, trying to go the places that we want to go. But God is just calling us just to listen to him to follow his voice, to, to know his ways and the things that he, he calls our lives and for us in our lives and just to, just to go with the wind. He's inviting us. We, we, we get to do that. And Esther, if we go back to the story, she's, she did say yes. She said, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the wind. I'm, I'm not going to go against it. I'm, I'm going to go with it. And I know it's going to be a little bit scary, but I will. So she goes up to the king. And this was a little bit scary because apparently if you went up to the king without uh, him asking for you to be there, he could actually just tell you that you're going to die. Not just tell you that you're going to he could kill you. Heads go rolling. So it was a little bit scary for her, but she did that and she, she came before him and he was still pleased with her. And he said, okay, whatever you want. And she's like, come out and have a dinner with me. And... And bring your, your good old buddy Haman. You know, we love hanging out with Haman, she said. Just bring, bring him along. And so she cooks up a dinner. They have dinner together. And they're like, oh, the king says, what do you want? She says, come to dinner again. And so they do. The next night, important events happen in between that time, which you can read if, if you want later. But then at the second dinner, she says, hey, Mr. King, I just want to let you know that there's someone out there who wants to kill me, completely destroy me and all my people. And the king's like, who is it? I can't believe that. Who would want to do that? And she's like, this vile Haman. And points to Haman and, and the king's furious. He gets up, marches out the room, walks back in. Haman had been begging Esther. He falls on top of her. It's not a good look. Um, and, and the king's like, right, that's it. You're dead. You're dead, mate. You and your family. So they die. And the Jews are left in a better place than they have ever been. Mordecai gets promoted. He's, he's second in charge to the king. There's wealth and prosperity for the Jews in the land. All because Esther decided to say yes to the will of God. But remember, what, what did it practically look like for her to say yes to God? 
What did it practically look like? Well, she had 12 months of beauty treatment. Like we said, hard work, right? All the males in the house are like, yes, I'd love that. 12 months of beauty treatment. She hung out with the girls, had some laughs, had seven servants, would have barely lifted a finger. Uh, she, she organised dinners. She had two, two dinners that she organised and to be honest, if she had seven servants, she might not have even cooked them. She probably got someone else to cook them. And then she spoke to the king. And now I'm not kind of saying this to diminish what Esther did. I'm just saying this to say, well, maybe, maybe our lives and whatever we're currently doing right now, no matter how exciting or boring or mediocre or scary or whatever's going on in our lives, maybe God is still calling us right where we are to say yes to Him and to be used by Him, to step into the will of God, no matter what it is that we're doing, no matter the workplace, the family, that God, maybe He's speaking to you this morning, saying perhaps this is why you have been placed where you are. Perhaps this is why you've been having those struggles at work. Perhaps this is why you've been having those discussions with that family member. Because God is calling you to bring His love, His grace, His mercy, His words into that situation to bring the will of God, to see people saved. Ultimately, God longs for His people. He longs for your friends and your family to rise up and to know Him. But I reckon it takes us saying yes to the perhaps. But the Bible says, even if we do not, God's still going to do it. We don't actually have to. I'm saying this morning that, that you get to, that we get to be a living sacrifice. We get to live. We get to enjoy. Man, have those bubble baths if you want to. But then also keep an ear out for the whooshing of the Holy Spirit's wind to say yes when he calls us to have those conversations with the king, the conversations with your family members. There's a Bible verse in Matthew, and it's Jesus' own words. In Matthew 11, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy Oh, sorry, no, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find, it's so far away, I need glasses, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He doesn't say, come to me, all who are at rest and relaxed, and, and I'm going to make you weary and burdened. He doesn't say that. He says, I will give you rest. Yes, I will give you a burden, but it's going to be light and easy. It's like one of those microwave meals. How easy are that? Whack it in the microwave, light and easy. You know, his will, his, his burden for us is light and it's easy. But it still gives us a reason to wake up in the morning and say, I know God's got a plan for me today. If I can grab the, the band up with me, that would be absolutely amazing. Because I felt to to share um, as well this morning that I, I felt really specifically to say that I believe that God wants to use people in their workplaces. 
right, like, I don't know if you're going back to work tomorrow. I feel like God is saying that he actually really wants to use you in that workplace. And maybe you could be like Esther. Maybe you haven't actually mentioned to anyone yet who your people are, you know, that, that you love Jesus, that you're Christian. But I feel God's saying that it's not too late, that the time is now, that he's actually calling you. You don't have to say yes, but he is calling you to speak and to maybe like Esther, invite people around for a meal. Tell people about Jesus. Encourage people who are, who are down. I, I just really felt that, that maybe we, like Esther, could actually make some decisions on a perhaps. You know, she made all those decisions on a perhaps. Mordecai said, perhaps this is the reason. And I want to say to you this morning, perhaps the reason why you're in your family, why you've got your friends around you, why, why you are at your workplace or, or at school or at uni, perhaps... It's so that God can use you. Perhaps. Would you be willing to step into that? It's going to look different for everyone. I can't just say straight up what it's going to be. You've got to be intentional about spending time with Jesus and, and listening to Him. But perhaps, perhaps He is calling you. One last verse for this morning. And then we're going to stand and we're going to worship and I want to, pray and I really do feel like God's stirring people's hearts and I want to pray specifically for people who are feeling like, yeah, you know, I want to be that living sacrifice. I want to, yes, I enjoy resting and enjoy having time off, but I also understand the purpose of God's call and I, I want to live with both and I want to be that. I want to pray for you. But we're going to read one last verse in Hebrews 10. It brings it all back to the cross. It says, therefore, when Christ came into the world, He said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Verse 10. Oh, sorry. Oh, gosh. Then He said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. Just like God has a will for us. He had a will for His Son when His Son was on earth. And Jesus says, okay, I've come to do Your will, my God. I'm saying yes to what Your will is. He says, not my will, but Yours be done. Yes, yes, I say yes to it. Verse 10, it says, And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. God's will for our lives might be to, to, to say yes to being a living sacrifice. But God's will for His own Son was to be a dying sacrifice, was to actually allow His perfect body to have nails go through His hands and His feet, to be whipped, to be tortured, to be mocked, to hung up on the cross that, that we deserve to be on to actually be a sacrifice for us so that we could be made holy, this verse says. And the only way that we can have relationship with God, the only way that we can stand in His presence, the only way that we can be in His presence in, in heaven and in eternity is if 
we are made holy, but who knows that we can't do that ourselves. I've been saying this whole time, man, we're flawed. We make mistakes. We mess up. We don't do what we should when we should. And like we should be living our lives with with God's mercy in our view. The amazing thing is, is that when God sees us, His mercy is also in His view. And that He doesn't just see us in our flawed states. He sees us with His mercy, with God's mercy, with His loving kindness, His forgiveness, His sacrifice of His own Son on the cross. He no longer sees us as ourselves. He sees us covered by His Son, covered by His mercy. And from that place, from that place, then He calls us to go out and to serve and to sacrifice and and, and live our lives. But it's only because we are covered by God's mercy. And I pray this morning that if you have never understood that or said yes to Jesus and asked Him into your life, I just pray that this morning is the morning that you do that. Because man, we need it. I know I need it. I know that I need His mercy to cover me. I think we all do. So what we're going to do, I just encourage you, let's, let's stand up. And yeah, Ben, if you want to join me, we're going to pray for you through a few things. Uh, one, one thing is going to be purely that living sacrifice. And I don't know whether you also kind of go between the two of, oh, okay, when, when should I rest and when should I sacrifice? And I know I want to and... And, and you just really need God to, to remind you, okay, in view of my mercy, go out and be that sacrifice. And if you need that reminder of that, that balance, you know, that I'm going to enjoy life. Yes, I'm going to lap it up, but also I'm going to be sensitive to what, to what God is saying. How about we just close our eyes because I um, just want to see if there's anyone. Just want to pop your hand up real quick. We're going to pray through that together. If you want to be a living sacrifice in view of God's mercy. Kind of want to say to God, yeah, use my life. Use my day. Use the mundane things in my life. Let me be sensitive. Yeah, see those hands? So good. Father God, thank you that you see us right where we're at. And you see us covered in your mercy. Just pray for everyone who's just extended their hand right now, Lord. Thank you that you see them and that you've got a specific, unique will for their lives. I just pray that you encourage them in what they're doing, that that you want to use them right now where they're at. I just ask as they go about their daily lives that they'll have a sensitivity to your spirit, that you'll give them a willingness to say yes, but an understanding that even if they don't, that you still love them. You still lavish your love and your grace upon them. Pray that they'll have this moment where they can kind of breathe this. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. God loves me. I'm covered by His mercy. In Jesus' name. Um, and then the other one I wanted to, to pray through is, um, you know, there really is two. So I'm going to do two. One's for people who feel the call to be an Esther. And one's for people who feel the call to be a Mordecai. Mordecai probably doesn't get talked about as much as Esther does, but Mordecai is really like this superhero in the background. And he gets used um, to do amazing things in the political scene through his new job, um, which is to be, you know, part of the palace and making some rules and decrees and things like that. And 
I just felt that God's actually calling some people to be used in their workplace and that God wants to use you. And maybe even just that thought, you think, how, how is that going to happen? My workplace, we, we don't talk about God. Guess what? The whole book of Esther does not mention God once, but it is outworking the will of God. And I'm just saying, God can use you. He can use you in mighty, amazing ways in your workplace that you can't even imagine, that you can't even think, you know, through little conversations and the way that you hold yourself and the way that you conduct your lives and your family. He can use that. And I just so feel so strongly that God wants to do that. And so if everyone can close their eyes again, I'm going to do... um, do a call for Mordecai. Who feels like that God is calling them to be a Mordecai in their workplace? Just pop your hand up and I'm just going to pray for a bit of boldness and a bit of courage because Mordecai actually needed that. He said no to Haman when, when Haman wanted him to do something he knew his God didn't want him to do. So I'm going to pray for a bit of courage and a bit of boldness. I see those hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is so good. I'm just going to wait a little bit longer. Anyone else? Yes, amazing, amazing, so good. This is just between you and God as well. He's seeing, he's seeing that hand saying, yeah, okay, my servant wants me to use her. All right. Father God, I thank you that you see every person right now who's got their hands raised and inside of themselves also crying out to you. And I just pray. In Jesus' mighty name, will you make rivers in the desert in their workplace? God, in the places that have been dry, in the places that have had maybe really uh, negative and toxic culture, I just pray in Jesus' name, come on, in Jesus' name, that you will bring a, a river of living water through them that actually flows through them, that your Holy Spirit will flow, flow through them. Come on, I don't care anymore. Lord, I just pray that people will be able to see them and see that they are a shining light, shining your love your grace and your mercy and that through them, the beacon of hope in their workplace, that many, many, many people will come to know you. God, place your hand of anointing right now on each of their heads. And I just pray that you'll just fill them up to the point of overflow, to the point where as they step back into their workplace this week or next, they'll tangibly feel your hand resting upon them and your spirit moving through them in Jesus' mighty name. I feel God is saying, make sure yeah, you stay strong and courageous so that you don't back down down in those decisions that God is going to use that, even if it means that your life might be in danger, even if it means that your job might be in danger. I feel God is saying, now is the time to arise. Now is the time to stay strong and to know that He is with you, that He will stand by, stand by you no matter what happens through thick and through thin. In Jesus' mighty name, will you seal what you're doing right now in our lives? The lives of people who lifted their hands and the ones who are internally crying out and saying, yes, that is me. Will you use me? Will you use me in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the other one is the call to be an Esther. And the thing is, I think sometimes if you feel, I remember I, I felt like this for a while. And um, I used to think that unless we are really like getting crucified upside down like Peter, unless we're really just sacrificing and, and life is coming at a personal loss, we can't really be used by God. But that's absolutely rubbish. It's actually absolutely rubbish. It's, um, remember, God's mercy that covers us and He's got so much grace for us. And I just really feel as well that there's so many people out here who might have diminished what they're doing and saying, oh, God can't use me in that. God can't use me in my family or in my friends or 
you know, Esther could have just, just thought like that. She didn't. And I think God wants us to understand that there is purpose right now, that there is purpose in what you are doing. Maybe you lost your job and you feel like you're lacking purpose. God is saying, no, you have purpose. You have purpose. Maybe you had children that have, have left you or they've, they've um, grown up and they're outside the house and you feel like you got your worth and your purpose from them. God's saying, nah, you got your purpose from me. I still have purpose for you. Maybe you just finished school and you don't know what's next. And you're feeling like you're lacking purpose. God is saying, you have purpose. You have purpose. You have worth from me. God has given you worth. And that is proved by Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you. And so with every eye closed, if you're feeling like you're lacking purpose and you need to know that God sees you in your everyday, He sees you washing the dishes, He sees you going out for walks, He sees you catching up with friends and you need to know that God loves you and that He's got a purpose for you anyway, let's just, please put your hand in the air because I wanna pray for you. Pray that God just, just reinstills that inside of you. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You see everyone right now, God, who's lifting up their hands. If you, if you wanna raise your hand, just... Lift it up as well right now, God. And I just pray that you remind them that they have worth, that they have worth beyond measure, that you saw them as so worthy that you gave your son, even though, God, we're not worth the worth that we have. It's the crazy thing about it, but you love them and you got purpose for them. And I just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that something will just start to rise up inside of them, that they'll understand in the mundane, in the everyday, that you still love them, that your mercy still covers them, that you still see them, that you've got a plan and a bright purpose and a bright future. And I feel God is saying the best is yet to come. Don't just look at the former things and wish you were back there. Look to the future and the things that God has in store for you. There's big things in store for you and He loves you, He loves you. You have so much worth. Thank you, Jesus. The last thing is if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never acknowledged I'm not enough in and of myself and I need God's mercy and I need God's grace. And this morning you wanna make a decision to, to say yes to Jesus, to be covered by His grace, to enter into your own personal relationship with God with every eye closed and every head bowed. If that's you this morning, I wanna give you an opportunity to raise your hand. I'm not gonna call you out or embarrass you. This is just between you, you and God. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right. Let's pray this. And if you're praying this for the first time, Pray it out loud or, or inside your heart. God hears you either way. We'll just pray together. We say, thank you, Jesus, for giving your son. We know that we're not enough in and of ourselves. We know that we desperately need you. Even if we've been Christian for our, our whole lives, we desperately need you. And so right now, in Jesus' name, we give our lives to you. We say, come into our lives. Be the leader of our lives. We need you our Saviour, Jesus Christ. I need you, my Saviour, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said a huge amen, amen.
Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.